Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. No one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi. First and Pod. Danny Parkins, Andrew Filipponi, produced by Spencer Ray. All right, man, let's see if we still got it. You put together the rundown for preseason games. <laughs> <laughs> You're a crazy person. Um, but I appreciate the hustle. And I noticed something. I noticed the first game is Steelers-Falcons. And here's the note, America world i'm sure we're listening to internationally kenny pickett has played three possessions and the first team offense has scored three explosive touchdowns are you buying a big leap my guess is your answer is yes pony okay so this is chronological so this is the first game of week three of the preseason it's not my own bias coming out here okay i just want to make that clear to the listener this is not in service of me this is for the football junkie that wants the correct layout of all 16 games that are going to happen in this last audition week. Okay. For the first and pod listener who will watch all 16 week three preseason games. Yeah. yeah. Got it. And I'll watch a lot because I have no life, even though I do have a young daughter at home. I find a way to balance all these things. Uh, look, I don't know if this is actually, I do know that it's starting to take root and take hold outside of where I am. The epicenter of this is Pittsburgh. The Steelers have looked so good in these exhibition games that it's forced on NFL Network and ESPN in these places then to start to talk about what that graphic says at the bottom of our YouTube screen and our social media screen, which is, will Kenny Pickett make the second-year leap? Because we see second-year leaps from quarterbacks all the time. It's something that is, I think... uh, in every season, there's a quarterback that is either in his second year or second year as a starter who goes off. And we saw it last year with Jalen Hurts, really, in Philadelphia, Trevor Lawrence, too. And I think he's next. And I've been on this bandwagon for a while. You know that. 
seven touchdowns, I think, will turn into something like 28 or 30 touchdowns. They, to me, just, I don't know if nationally people see this, but they remind me a lot of the Eagles in that they have such a cheap quarterback on a $3 million cap hit that the roster has great depth. And there's really good players up and down the lineup for the first time in a while because Roethlisberger's cap hit hamstrung the Steelers so much. And if they were in the NFC, if they were in the NFC, I think they would get talked about like they could be maybe the third or fourth team. And the only thing that really, I think, tampers down the Steelers' excitement is the fact that we just look at all the great quarterbacks in the AFC and all the returning teams and think, well, there's no room for them. But there's surprise teams every year, and I think they will be one. I think they're going to have one of the best records in the NFL. And I think there's a chance that after Kansas City, the Steelers are the best team in wow. the NFC. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because that, that was my – so maybe I, my, my thought is conventional, and maybe it's out-of-town stupid or out-of-town casual. Um, does Kenny Pickett have enough talent – in a conference with Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Lawrence, Lamar, et cetera, on down the line to maybe the thing about the roster we can debate. Sure. That's fine. It's a, it's a 53 man roster, depth matters, injuries, all of that stuff, of course. But can he actually be a top five quarterback in the AFC? Yes. He can. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think, okay. I think he's... But the, but the elite talent in your mind is like the processing, right? And the poise and the calm under pressure. Like you've comped him to Burrow. Yeah. That's... Well, we saw, we saw it in the game. And again, it's, you know, one of these small sample size theater situations. But the Bills played their starters and they played their elite defense. And even though there's not game planning going on, That's when a, a guy... Plan, yeah. yeah, but when, when, he, when you make a 20-yard throw over the middle of the field... The five-yard line to a tight end who's in between a Pro Bowl linebacker and an All-Pro safety, and he beats both of those guys. That open that should open eyes. It's not the hell of not These are not two jabronis that were out there defending on that play. So, Listen, I would be thrilled if Fields' highlight looked like that passing the football. Right, he's got three passes so far in the preseason. Two of them went for touchdowns, but they neither one of them balls. Runs. Yeah, they were all they were they were catching runs. I'd be I'd be thrilled if feel if Fields made that throw in that exact situation. I would be I would be hope trafficking right there with you, man. I mean, the Philadelphia comparisons are here's a great defense. Here's a great defense. Here's an offense that has a lot of playmakers in it who are all young. The line isn't on par with Philadelphia, but it's close. They stole one of their guards who's gonna start. They drafted a tackle in the first round who will eventually play. And the quarterback's yeah, not playing, right? No, he's not. And not the quarterback's – no, it's not. And the quarterback's going to go from seven touchdowns, and they had 12 passing touchdowns as a team last year, and that's going to blow up and be triple that on the low end of things. So, yeah, I mean, I'm here. So this is the fishbowl I'm in, but – they would be a team, let me put it this way. I like teams that profile like this regardless of where I am, which is buy low on young quarterback because the rest of the roster around the guy can help lift the guy up. And if he on his own improves, well, then you really got something. And we've seen countless teams that have done that.
So you think they're a double-digit win team? Yes. Okay. I mean, they can win the division now. I think they're in that rarefied air. That would that would be unbelievable. Didn't I pick them like 26th or something in my in our power ranking six weeks ago or eight weeks yeah, ago? Yeah, and I and I let them fall to that point. So what am I doing? Yeah. Uh all right. No, no, no. That was the uh that was different. That I'm the remember when I did the power rankings and you reacted to them? Oh yes, yeah, that's right. That's right. But, it was, but but I but that was I, I did it through most likely to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, so that's right. I really downgraded them in the AFC. You know, yeah, I agree with you. Like roster wise, if they were in the NFC, they'd be getting way more hype uh, than they're getting. All right, so next game, Colts and Eagles. What do you think Jonathan Taylor is ultimately going to get traded for? Because he's around the team, he's traveling with the team. They've given him permission to seek a trade. And Albert Breer talked to like fifteen executives. He did a great story, I thought, on this. The responses were fairly wide ranging. What do you think of the asking price of a first round pick? I don't think they'll get it because it's 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 multi-pronged, it's multi-layered here. It's not just you're trading for Jonathan Taylor. The next step is you have to pay the man. And I just think that that double I think the trade on its own people could stomach um you know if they were just going to rent Jonathan Taylor. I think having to then allocate big money and pacify him that way is a non-starter for the league. And I know there's 31 teams, but you winnow it down. How many really need a running back? And then you shrink it even more based on how many teams are willing to give up a lot and pay the man. No, I think he's stuck there, Danny. I think he's overplayed his hand. I think Ursay, out of spite now almost, would need to be bowled over by an offer in order to trade him. Maybe things change if we get to the October deadline and you know the Colts aren't going anywhere and you know the GM Ballard can talk Ursay off whatever high horse he's on or ledge he's on. But no, I think Jonathan Taylor's stuck there. And I think the fact that he's traveling with the team to this game is a sign to me that he's going to lose the staring contest. He's going to blink first and end up playing for the Colts. I think there's a few things here. He's not Christian McCaffrey. You know, he he's, it's not the skill set that fits the modern NFL in an elite way where I am absolutely convinced that he is a superstar talent at the position. He was he gave you superstar production for a short period of time behind an offensive line that at the time was considered great. They had a pretty rough year uh, last year and had some more injuries. But like, this isn't a guy who's going to have 80 catches. This isn't a guy who's like a 99th percentile athlete. He's a bulk power runner. That is, unless you're Derrick Henry... That is not the type of thing that you want to be investing in long term because and he's not Derrick Henry. No, I I know, but that's the type of thing that falls off a cliff in an instant. We see a lot of guys have a great year or two with yep. that with that running style, and then it goes away. So, like, I don't look at Jonathan Taylor as that caliber of special at a position that we already know is being devalued across the league. I do think there's some hilarity in the idea of we don't value running backs. We won't pay Jonathan Taylor what he's asking. But if we're going to trade Jonathan Taylor, we're asking for a King's ransom for him. You have to value our guy more than we're valuing our guy. So I think that there is some hypocrisy on the Colts side. But of course, the team has all of the leverage here. And let's do it this way. 
First round pick, you'd laugh at it. Second round pick, I would laugh at it. I would start to say that the team that acquired Jonathan Taylor would be making a reasonable deal if they traded a third round pick for him. So to me, they're just way too far off from what, if you just say it out loud, the 70th pick in the draft for Jonathan Taylor and paying him. I'd be like, all right, that's 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 reasonable. But if it was the 35th pick in the draft and trading him, I would feel like the team that got him was getting ripped off. Well, I just don't think that I just don't think that Jonathan Taylor should get paid like he's the best running back in the NFL. And because so because he's, he's not. So that's what he wants. If he were a free agent, I wouldn't want to pay him that. And then on top of that, I wouldn't want to give up any draft pick of significance. I just wouldn't. You know, he proved last year that as we've said for years, that with very few exception, uh, the running backs are a function of the offensive line. And so that's how it went down. If he had had a giant year, if this were two years ago, and he was coming off that remarkable season where he led the NFL in rushing, or was right there with Henry, I do believe, it's a different conversation. He, he's he's coming off a bad year. Right. And he's, and, he, and he's trying to play hardball with the Colts and the rest of the NFL. So I, I see... I don't see this changing. I see him having to swallow his pride and either play for the Colts week one, or he takes this into the season. But he, even if he, I mean, they could, they could literally fine him because he's under contract and really be pricks about it. This is not a franchise tag situation where he's re- re- refusing to pay it. And is technically not on the roster. He's on the team and he's acting this way. And Ursay's a loose cannon. Who knows? what he's willing to do to to, to, to to win this battle, to win this fight with him. So I don't think it ends well for Jonathan Taylor. He won't get gets he won't get what he wants. And I think this could potentially like also derail his season in the process. Hey, let's not forget the format, buddy. I'm not I'm not asking every question first. You ask some. Oh, you want to do that? Okay, that's fine. Well, just, hey look this know. Uh, this is I want, a dry. I want to, you know, I want to get some of my takes off first. The, the, this is a dry run for us, okay? Yeah. Uh, Panthers and Lions. Your first impressions of Bryce Young, the number one pick. Uh, he looks as small as everybody uh, said that he was. He look. He looks every bit of five nine. That video that went viral of the guy getting up to the microphone saying, "I'm five nine. This won't block him, right?" And then it's like pause. Beat. Beat and Bryce Young steps in front of the microphone and just the whole room bursts out in laughter. Unbelievable. Like that felt like an SNL skit. It was absolutely perfect. Um, the other thing is, so I have been saying, because a huge like B-level story here is the Bears have the Panthers first round pick uh, from the number one pick trade and DJ Moore and the whole thing. Yeah. So uh, Bears win is great. And the second best thing is a, is a Panthers loss. I've been saying, man, Panthers won seven games. The division is bad, and they upgraded at coach and quarterback. So I'm not at all convinced. Like, I've been asking some of our national guests, like, the Bears' first pick in next year's draft, is it going to be their pick or the Panthers' pick? And it's, and it's largely been pretty split. My impressions of the Panthers are Bryce Young might be killed behind that offensive line. Yep. That offensive line, like, he he his accuracy – 
and poise and processing all seem to be as advertised. You know, just from and not even I'm not saying I've watched eight quarters of preseason football, but just highlights the the string together of like every Bryce Young drop back, the three minute clips you can watch, the reports out of training camp, like all of that stuff seems to be they got exactly what they traded for and and drafted in terms of processing the offense and play calling and all that stuff. But dude, he's obviously the type of quarterback that needs a good offensive line. Just out in sheer physicality. And if that offensive line is bad, if you put the over-under at 11 and a half games for him right now, I think you you have to take the under just based on how the offensive line has looked through two preseason games. It's not only that for me. It's also the fact that I think that they don't really have many good options for him to throw the ball to. It's DJ Chark. It's Adam Thielen. It's Hayden Hurst. It's Miles Sanders at running back. Yeah, DJ like, Moore's here, buddy. Yeah, exactly. So... Yeah, I think last year the Panthers finished so strong. They had a very defined style, though. It was play defense and run the ball. That changed when Wilkes wasn't retained and Reich was brought in. And I think this team is really going to struggle this year. And my first impressions are that this guy is not going to be able in his first year to elevate what is an inferior uh, assortment of players around him. And I think it's going to look really bad. I think he's going to throw a lot of interceptions. And we're going to have to, like we did a little bit with your guy Fields, like, okay, these numbers suck, but there's a really good reason why they're bad at the end of the year. Like, we're going to have to, like, do those mental gymnastics of Bryce Young's rookie year was ugly, but there's a justifiable or legitimate reason for why that is. Do you want to place a week one bet right now? Under 42 and a half Falcons Panthers. Oh, Jesus. That's got to be that, the lowest over-under on the board for week that, one. Not not having looked at the other games, but that's got to be one of the lowest ones. And if it's not, that is a mistake by the odds makers. No, no, we got, I mean, Titan Saints is lower. Cardinals Commanders is lower. Uh, that's Steelers, a great bet. Steelers that's a fan, Niners is lower. That's a, fa- that's a fantastic bet, I think. Yeah. That 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 number's going down. The, the, the Panthers' defense is going to be very good. Very good. And that's 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 Ritter against Bryce Young. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh 17-13 week one. That's Pat- an under. Patriots Titans. We haven't had a chance to talk about the Zeke move. Yeah. Why is Bill Belichick spending a lot of money on a backup that's a number two back? I don't know, other than they had the money to do it. There's not future money allocated. And anything that gets the ball out of Mac Jones's hands is maybe a good thing. Like, they already have Stevenson. No, I, I know. But Bill Belichick is known for p- passing the – I mean, the guy would run the ball 50 times a game if he could. Every game. We've seen it. Well, that's and ironic because we'll, he, gra- he, had, he had the greatest quarterback of all time, Danny. Oh, did he? Was it for like two decades? Did they ever win anything? I don't remember. Uh, but I think he would run the ball. I mean, we saw it last year in that weird, that weather game. Remember? Uh, what was the circumstances of that game? Against Detroit, I remember. They just basically ran it and played defense and shut them out. Which yeah. Was uh, pretty but impressive. But I just, I, I mean, 
fantasy guys have always talked about, you know, how you can never figure out who Bill Belichick's number one is going to be. Stevenson seems to be very impressive. We're one offseason removed from him spending all that money at tight end in, in free agency. Like, Bill is smug. He does weird things. He thinks he sees stuff where other people do- doesn't and that he can get something out of him. So I don't think that Zeke Elliott's going to have like 150 plus carries uh, this year, but they're paying him like that's in play. Yeah, he did not get a bargain on the guy. It was late and Elliott still got paid, uh, which is not great for the running back as undervalued crowd. Um, look, I think that Belichick, and I've said this before, that Belichick, the GM, has effed Belichick, the coach. The offensive roster construction is laughable. The decision to bring Bill O'Brien in to, to be the offensive coordinator, it seems like was more of a Robert Kraft decision than a Belichick call. That's the right decision by the owner to get a competent uh, play caller in there. But at the same time, this late addition, when you compare it to what they could have done with that money earlier in the offseason, their offensive line is one of the thinnest in the league. Their best wide receiver is Juju Smith-Schuster, who replaces Jacoby Myers, who that's basically a wash. They they keep trying to build the entire plane out of tight ends, and I'm not convinced any of them are, frankly, any good. Hunter Henry, Mike Kosicki, and they, like, the, they lack playmakers, and they have now for multiple years. So I don't get it. His, his MO was always bring in these star players on the cheap for a second or third uh, tour through the league. But to do it with a running back, and this is not a Corey Dillon situation where he's your lead guy. Like one of those things where, again, I think Belichick, the coach is still pretty good, but the roster architect is way behind the times. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Chargers Niners. I love this question because I'm not 100% sure if you mean in this preseason game or for the season. Purdy is going to play in a game in which LA is resting starters. What are expectations for Purdy? I'm interested in the answer of both the season and the game. It's the season. It's the season. Like, Okay, Okay, I thought thought you meant like in the game because he's playing against backups. No, like what are like – 
we have we've on we've obviously chronicled the journey here, the odyssey to get Purdy to unquestioned number one quarterback. Now that he's that, like what constitutes a good year for Brock Purdy? Don't you think that he is going to be the litmus test? Or litmus test is the wrong way to put it. He is going to be the ultimate QB wins guy. He's going to be the guy who has the bad record or the bad stats, but the good win loss record. And the they old... had that quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo. Then they, <laughs> I, I know, I, I know, but but this is that to the extreme end. The guy had a ten game winning streak last year. Like this is going to be. He has pretty the... good numbers in his defense. I'm not a Purdy guy, but he did have reasonably good numbers during that win streak. Reasonably. Right? reasonably what do you throw 12 touchdown passes i mean those don't blow you away but they're pretty good for a rookie that dude that's not much how many that's a game how many did fields throw last year yeah no i don't want to talk about that (laughs) how many would fields have thrown if he was with kyle shanahan great question they could have had him i don't know if that's been chronicled enough (laughs) Uh, no, but like I, I think that he will be the guy that those of us on the this is an unbelievably bad trade, terrible evaluation. Your quarterback needs to elevate the guys around you. You know, the, more of a modern approach to this thing will say that it's not impressive, and more old school football people would say, of course, wins are a quarterback stat, and if he goes to the NFC Championship, wins a Super Bowl. It's a success and none of the other stuff matters. And so I think that his expectations though, even based on that old school curve have to be go further than last year. So that means go to the Super Bowl. Well, I think he's got to be better than a, it sounds like you're describing a game manager. I think he's got to be way better than that. Um, In order for him to meet expectations. Based on what though? Like to do what? Because of what? Keep his job? No, expectations of like, the team has made a decision to to throw away a number three overall pick who they traded a lot for to play this guy. So just keeping keeping the car in the right lane at the speed limit is not good enough for him. Like for me, in order for they win the Super Bowl, it is. They're not going to win the Super Bowl with him playing that way. That's an impossibility. Their team is not good enough across the board. It's not. Dude, it's not. You don't think they could have won the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy last year? No. Kansas City would have beaten them playing that way, 100%. Danny, when was the the last time a guy just managed the game and won the Super Bowl? When does that, how how often does that happen? Where it's just Peyton Manning in Denver? Okay, great. Yep, nine touchdowns, 17 picks, and they had a defense that came on strong. You're right. That's 2015. You found it, but that's a long time ago now. And that's one, that's like the Joe, that's like the Trent Dilfer Ravens point, is what you oh, just but I mean, me. But I mean, dude, if you're in the game, you can win it. You can't, I mean, like, they, Danny, they don't even think they can win a Super Bowl that way. That's why they traded Trey Lance and traded Jimmy Garoppolo like shit. I agree with you, which is why the whole thing is in, I, 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 which is why it was a horrible trade. But I, that's why I'm saying the expectations for him 
based on how we know San Francisco feels about the position, is that he needs to be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL this year. That is that is ridiculous. There is no Wait a minute. You don't think they have those no expectations? For him? There is no simulation of this season that exists. Wait Brock a minute. Purdy's- I agree, I agree with you, but you don't think that internally that's what they expect out of him? I'm asking no. what the, I, I completely disagree with you. If they thought that he was just a league average quarterback, they would give Lance more of an opportunity because the upside's greater. I don't think that they agree. I think that they think that Trey Lance is a zero. I think that they think that Trey Lance is a zero. And I think that they will be looking to upgrade from Brock Purdy again the next time they get the opportunity to do so. But Brock Purdy is smart, gets the ball out quick, and doesn't turn it over. And so they are going to say, we are going to run and rely on our coach and our defense. Then they should not be among the teams that we talk about as a a Super Bowl favorite. They shouldn't be. Why? They they have one of the best rosters in the league. They just did it last year. In today's... What do you mean they just did it last year? They were in the NFC Championship game with Brock Purdy. And they were going to lose that game with him as their quarterback. And the NFC overall was historically bad. There were like two good teams. Maybe not even two good teams. They've been the Giants winning. made it to the Final Four. They've been winning a ton of games the last, what, four years? Yeah. Five years. They've been in a Super Bowl. I just don't, I just don't think that's a winning formula to, ha- to expect. They've done it for five years. Okay. We'll have, we'll have to agree to disagree on this one. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. We both agree that he won't be a top 10 quarterback. We agree there. We yes. agree that the process to get to here has been inter- has been terribly flawed. But are you now saying that you don't think the Niners are a Super Bowl contender? Yes, I am. That's ridiculous. No, it's not. That's ridiculous. There's no evidence to suggest that there are, what, five teams in the NFC better than them? I just don't know many situations where we start a season by saying they have the 20th best quarterback in the NFL and they can win a Super Bowl. Like that, that like in today's NFL, where it's so geared towards quarterback play, there are just very few teams that we consider ha- have a the highest ceiling that are quarterbacked by a guy who is universally thought of as a below average starting quarterback. And that's what you're telling me Brock Purdy is, and I agree with you on that. 13 wins, 10 wins, 6 wins, 13 wins. Those are three of their last four seasons. Okay, but guess what? Guess what, though? Jimmy Garoppolo, in my opinion, is better than Purdy is. So even from that perspective, there's a drop-off. Like, I don't think I don't think Garoppolo is a top 10 quarterback. He no might be shit. like he might be like 15. I don't think Purdy's 15. Jimmy G's not 15. When he's healthy? He's not 15. Okay. Better quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo or Jared Goff? Jared Goff. All right. Goff doesn't turn the ball over. Last year he didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going off last year. All right. Next up, Bills and Bears. Stefan Diggs uh, had to come out and call Stephen A. Smith a clown for this reporting that he doesn't want to be there. 
Uh, are you starting to buy into what I've said and what our friend Nick Wright has said about the Bills? That something is just off about this team this year? No. I think that you guys are both putting too much emphasis on the 24-7 NFL media cycle that needs to have things to talk about on NFL Live in April. Like, I just, I think that the, and April's not a terrible time for it because of the draft. So I picked a bad month. But, <laughs> uh, but like in, in general, I think that you guys are doing a little bit too much narrative based. Uh, tough week for Stephen A. Smith, by the way, because he also said that Lonzo Ball couldn't stand up out of a chair without being uh, hurt. And Lonzo Ball stood up out of a chair uh, on one leg and called out Stephen A. Smith. So tough week uh, for him with that and the Stephon Diggs thing. But I love Stephen A. But uh, I think that they have done terribly in the draft the last four years. So they are a very top-heavy team. They do not have tremendous amount of roster depth. And so that has ultimately been what has been their problem. Not this idea of – and Josh Allen does have too many turnover-worthy plays. There's a recklessness there, Danny. There, 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 there is a recklessness, but there's also a the guy at the end of the year. You look down and he's got thirty plus touchdowns and forty five hundred yards. Gotcha. He is simply one of the most productive playmaking quarterbacks in the NFL. Period. Like, yes, there is a recklessness there, but there was with Brett Favre also. You know, like that. That there is that is what Josh Allen is putting together. He's stringing together forty five hundred yard seasons like it's fairly easy. He's a playmaker. He's a baller. And so I definitely think they are obviously below Kansas City, Cincinnati, and the AFC's loaded. So could I see them losing? Could I see them losing the division to the Jets? Absolutely. Could I see them losing in the wildcard round of the playoffs? Absolutely. The AFC is stacked, and that would be a disaster. But do I think that they're in much danger of being like a six or a seven win team? I think if that happens, the only way it happens is if Josh Allen gets hurt. Well, eight and nine or nine and eight would be a disaster too, because I don't think that would get you in the playoffs in the AFC. So I would agree with you. I don't think that they're a double digit loss team, but if they're right around 500, that's also a big, you know, miss by the Bills. Their window closes in that situation, at least in this current configuration. I think that that's very much in play. Uh, Their offensive line, I think, stinks. I think that's going to be something that gets revealed here. They did not, in my opinion, make any substantial roster upgrade whatsoever. They should be ashamed of themselves. Brandon Bean there. I know that some of that is your hands are tied because of Josh Allen's contract. But you lose the way that you did. And there's just this, I think, belief that they suffered from some kind of bad luck last year that's just going to revert back to normal this season. They're counting on Von Miller to come off pup list and be the guy that he was two or three years ago. A lot of their guys in their secondary who are coming back, to me, might have aged and might not be the player that they were before their injuries. Uh, there's only one weapon, and that's Diggs offensively. There's not another guy who who Allen can give the ball to who NFL teams fear whatsoever. Not one. So I do think that, and the defensive coordinator quit. Uh, I'm not sure Dorsey's any good. Yeah, I think that they're in trouble. And I think that they will miss the playoffs outright in 2023. Chiefs and Browns. We ask this question seemingly every year. Now Kadarius Tony has a knee injury. 
Do the Chiefs have enough weapons, or is there a shortage? Okay, so who's their second best position, skill position player? In your might opinion, be, it might be Pacheco. Oh God, really? <laughs> Yeah, man. I like how you ran. Oh, so do I. But I mean, so I think the answer is yes. The The real question is, does it matter? Well, right. Well, right, exactly. That's, I mean, so the, so Sky Moore, MVS, Tony. Justin Watson. Yeah, because just, didn't Justin Ross just get hurt too? Yep. I know they're pretty bullish on Justin Ross. Oh God! And they have Amir Smith Marset. He's terrible. Look, I, I look. It, it, they've got the the best play caller in the NFL, or the best offensive mind, I should say, in Reed. And then they've got the the best quarterback of this generation in Mahomes, right? And the so, best tight end, and a very good offensive line, right? Um, it's. A, I'm but, just saying, it's a pre, it's a pretty good. It's a it is a pretty good foundation. I, I agree. I agree. The 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 most. The most interesting thing that could happen to the NFL this season, and I'm not rooting for this, but I'm saying what would create, to me, a chaotic situation is if Kelsey got hurt. If something happened to Kelsey, to me, like this idea that it's the Chiefs and everybody else, that changes. Like every great quarterback is the most important guy, like most indispensable, most irreplaceable, Burrow and Mahomes and... You know, that list. After that, it's Kelsey. My opinion. If Kelsey were to tear his ACL in week one against the Lions, wouldn't you change your outlook on on their entire season? Uh, Yeah, of course. I mean, I think that what, what he did last year, leading the league in passing and winning the MVP after losing Tyreek Hill, he would still get and deserve... Benefit of the doubt, right? That's a and, very good point by you. And 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 time to figure it out because we didn't see that coming. Like last year was supposed to be like a, a step trans- back to take. Yeah, exactly. Right, the transitional year. They were openly talking about it. So when we say shortage of weapons, but then we also say best offensive mind, best play caller, best quarterback, best tight end. Certainly top 10 offensive line, borderline top five offensive line. Mahomes said he wanted to get hit once in preseason just to like knock the offseason rust off. He played in both games, didn't get touched. Yeah. If Mahomes has four seconds to throw, it don't really matter. Yeah, you trust NFL wide receivers to get open for that. You know, you, you know yeah. so uh and they drafted Sky Moore in the middle of the second round. So maybe he's going to be legit. You know, that's where the Colts got Alec Pierce. That's where the Steelers got George Pickens, right in that cluster of players. Well, I just think about that, what you just said. My opinion, the Chiefs are still the favorite, and I'm not going to denigrate them. But – I think if something happens and goes awry here and we can trace it back to there weren't enough playmakers. They did not take George Pickens and well, wait, I think Pickens may have gone before more. I think um, he did. Yeah. Didn't Pickens go 48? 
Yeah, I think I, I think that might not be one where like it's fair to criticize them. But the other thing is, like, I thought they should have taken Michael Meyer or one of those guys with their last first round pick. They went defense instead. I, I just wonder about that. Like they there was a couple of guys that fell there who I thought, oh man, if you take this guy and put him in the Andy Reid offense, you know, holy shit. So they decided not to do that and help their other side of the ball. But yeah, I mean, look, if we're ranking just skill position players, they, they're still in the top half because they have Kelsey. But it's thin. Their margin for error is not great with those players. That's all. I think that's fair. You want to do you the next one, Dan? I want you to ask me this question. I like okay, you like this one? Yeah, I like this one. All right, here we go. Uh, Seahawks Packers. The ESPN reaction to love in preseason. He's going to be a star. Mike Greenberg actually said that this week. Your thoughts? They're idiots. <laughs> and I hate them for it. It's It defies logic and reason. And kismet and karma and whatever God you believe in. No. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Teams don't get three-star quarterbacks in a row, and they don't get to have them both be sitting and groomed behind the next star. It's not – no, it doesn't happen. And if it was going to happen, they would know it, and they wouldn't have had to do this weird half-measure contract that they gave Jordan Love. They're hedging their bets on him – because they didn't have anywhere else to go, and Aaron Rodgers held him hostage. No. Jordan Love is going to be the 27th best quarterback in the NFL this year. And they're going back into the draft to find his replacement next year. Yes. And then that guy's going to suck too. And the, the what I will say is that they're in a decent position to hide him this year if that's what they decide they need to do. With Jones and Dylan and Matt LaFleur's desire to run the ball and Dobbs and Watson are pretty talented young receivers, Mm -hmm. they're in a pretty decent position to hide Jordan Love's inevitable collapse to being terrible. But he is terrible because they don't deserve it. Nobody deserves it. They need Uh, to figure out how the other... 98% 98% of the world lives. Yeah, it just, you know, word of caution to you, it has to at least scare you that a lot of these people who we trust, who break these things down and watch these things, have been pretty impressed by what they've seen. Yeah, of course it does, Pony. I'm masking my insecurity with anger <laughs> and, and outbursts. Don't you know this by now? No, I do. I just said that again to just allow for you because I know that about you. But I wanted to make sure that the people listening to this picked up on that too. Of course. Like, I don't think you fully understand what will happen in Chicago if week one at Soldier Field. He just balls out. And Justin Fields plays poorly. (laughs) There will be – people will just take cinder blocks, tie them around their ankles, and jump into Lake (laughs) Michigan in mass accidents. (laughs) It's going to be mortifying, but I don't that's want, why it's not going to happen. It's not yeah. going to happen. 
I don't want to spend a lot of time on this next one, but I just merely want to point it out. Cardinals and Vikings. I, I looked at this before we came up, before we started the podcast. That makes one of They us. have not named a starter in Arizona. It's possible that Clayton Toon, a fifth round pick, is going to be the week one starting quarterback for Arizona. I pride myself on knowing shit like this. I'm not sure that's ever happened before. <laughs> and if the Cardinals were not such an irrelevant team and they actually played in a city in a market that was relevant and people gave a damn, this would be like, you want, we talk about like scale, like when we do this podcast and we have to cover the entire league, it kind of forces you to have a working knowledge of every team. And I saw that and I'm like, am I the only per- like, have you, has anyone else seen this? <laughs> A dude that was a fifth-round pick is going to start for them in week one. Probably. So David Blau and Colt McCoy are are the options? Yes. Now, should the league immediately open an investigation into tanking? If the fifth round rookie starts week one voluntarily, but I think it's the right call because we because McCoy's you know that those other guys have are a zero percent chance. This yeah. guy might be a two percent chance, right? Yeah, I mean, as far as young, like you could say, you know, there are situations. It's not a it's a horrible situation. The team stinks, but how many guys that play that position that are drafted that late have an opportunity to play? right from the very beginning. Dak Prescott had happened. He was good in the preseason. Romo hurt his back. Fourth round pick goes in. Zeke Elliott, great offensive line. They have a tremendous season. Okay, like that's maybe the closest parallel to a guy picked in day three getting a chance to play right off the bat. But it's just wild. Like, I think it's going to sneak up on people. Like we're going to get to week one of the season and we're going to go through these games and people are going to be like, wait, this is the guy that's the starting quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals until Kyler Murray is healthy. Yeah. That's the situation there. Well, the other thing is, so I've been, I've spent a little bit of time uh, yesterday and today looking at week one stuff. That's why I gave you that under over under. Uh, I made that bet by the way, in, in Falcons Panthers. The other game that I really like, Washington minus six at home against Arizona. Washington is trying. They got a coach on the hot they, coach on the hot seat, new offensive coordinator. Sam Howells looks. They good. better win that game by a touchdown, is what you're saying. I agree. Of course. Now, if McLaurin's out with that toe injury, that changes things a tad bit. But I I hear you. They should. Dot, but, but Dotson's awesome. Yep. Like they. One team is trying, the other is not. Good call. They're, they're at home, new owner, talent on both sides of the ball, right? Good call by you. Yeah, I and agree. That's an easy teaser leg for week one. That's a <laughs> that's a sneaky like if you don't want to do Ravens over Texans and Survivor in week one, that's a that's a nice get Washington out of the way early. I, yeah, that'll be a popular one. You're right about that. I'm gonna be heavily invested in the commanders in week one. What could go wrong? Jets, Giants, Aaron Rodgers is using the last week to send messages about the offensive line inabilities and its jobs are still there to be won and sending out social media messages that are cryptic about, you know, looking for starters. 
Do you look at this as something that could potent that will, I shouldn't say potentially, that will blow up the Jets season? It's, I think I said it last week. Uh, it's the only thing that I'm concerned about blowing up the Jets season. I'm not as convinced as concerned about Salah as some people are. I'm not at all concerned about Rodgers not having it uh, anymore. I'm not concerned about the youth or the, the the pressure. You were talking about the spotlight with Dalvin Cook and the, the star power and all that. It's similar to what we were talking about with uh, Bryce Young, except the ex- like the extreme opposite end of it. If you're going to lay out a quarterback that needs to have a great offensive line, it's probably the dude in his 40s. Uh, we saw it with Brady in Tampa. When he won, he had an incredible offensive line. When he looked like he was in his mid-40s, he had an injured offensive line. And he was getting into the fetal position a lot. So Rodgers is a better athlete uh, than Brady. And he's also a few years younger than Brady was his last year. But yeah, the, the, I, I think that, uh, what was it, the Patriots jumped up in front of them? in the draft and took Steelers. the line. Steelers, Steelers. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and Roderick Drum's not playing, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think that they wanted to bolster the offensive line for Rogers more than they did. And it's the, it's the weakness of the team. Of course. I think Rogers is somebody that, you know, is a little bit old school in that, like, you can, I think, read into and you can interpret what he says through the media more than a lot of these other quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes gives you boilerplate stuff. A lot of these guys don't say anything, but you know he's his credentials are beyond reproach. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's won his Super Bowl. So I think there's a little bit. And I I, I heard this with with Roethlisberger when I used to do a show with him. Like, there's more honesty there in the way he communicates because he doesn't think he has to, like, tow company lines. Like, this is, I think, a situation that makes me... I would fret if I'm a Jets fan. Like, here's a guy that's been in in the NFL for almost 20 years, and he's basically putting out a siren call for offensive linemen. That's because he knows that his line isn't good. Like, he's not going to be surprised. Like, if he knew, okay, the rest of the the, the media and the outside world underappreciates or undervalues our offensive line, but we're good, he doesn't do this. Like, I do think that Rodgers believes that the line is potentially is going to undermine their season. So if he thinks that way, who the fuck am I to say, well, actually, their offensive line is going to be good? I agree. You know, like, I think this is actually a really big deal and it should be talked about more. Like, their line is a major issue and I do discount the Jets because of it. It was a huge uh, storyline on uh, episode two of Hard Knocks. Let's skip Bengals Commanders because we'll just use my Commanders take for for, for that game. Um, what do you mean? I love the Bengals Commanders quick talking point. You didn't write anything on it. Yes, I did. I said, can we take a minute to talk about the Josh Harris, Joe Buck situation for two seconds? Oh, I mean, yeah, I'm, that's, that's, that's not on my, it's not on my rundown. Okay. From, from the commander's game on, on Monday, who's more to blame here? Buck or Harris for the, for the handshake awkwardness? Harris. 
No, I disagree. What do you mean? Joe Buck talks with his hands. You put the hand out that far. No. I think that's an invite for me to, to shake it. Yes, I do. Pony, you talk with your hands. I talk with my hands. But I don't put ever... my hand out like this and say, how do you do, Danny? That's what Buck He didn't did. say, how do you do? He, he was invaded talking... Josh Harris's personal space. He was talking with his hands, and Josh Harris, limp-wristed, put his hand in Joe Buck's hand. <laughs> you can't and he grabbed his fingers. With... It was very awkward. You can't talk with your hands that far out of your body when someone is standing that close to you. Tony, I don't know anyone who talks with their hands more than you and me. We might talk with our hands in the 99 But we don't, but we but don't it do ever that when we're right next to each other. <laughs> Has it ever happened? Has anyone ever put their hand in your hand when you were talking with your hand? I mean, when I saw, if I did not know the context and I just saw a screenshot of where Joe Buck's hand was, I would think he was looking for a handshake. Yeah, but but a screenshot doesn't, it's, it's like those screenshots of like the quarterback missed him. He was wide open. And then when you run the tape, he, the receiver's running in the wrong direction of the quarterback and the defender is running towards where the receiver is. Like a screenshot, picture tells a thousand words, video tells a million words. The video puts that squarely on the awkward billionaire, okay? <laughs> I'm team Joe Buck here. We're going to go an hour on stupid preseason. These are good topics, though. They are good topics. All right, is there any chance that Baker Mayfield is this year's Geno Smith? He's been named the starter. Well, someone's got to be, right? Isn't Why? there going to – no, there's not going to be an average quarterback that makes a big jump this year kind of out of nowhere from oblivion? Oh, well, it doesn't happen every year. And ba- Baker, man, Baker played consistently. 14 games in 2018, 16 and 19, 16 and 20, 14 and 21, and then oh. seven and 22 and five uh, or seven for Carolina, five for the Rams uh, last year. So 12 games in total last year. This is not a guy who like has had time to sit and learn behind veterans. No, and I hear just you. Like waiting to be unlocked. That's- that's like a good he, point. He, the, guy, the guy's got 72 games of NFL experience consistently over the last six years. I know. Look, I've I've been on the Saints, you know, not that that's anything special because a lot of people like New Orleans. So I'm not going to change my mind yet on that. I will say when I look at like division futures and I look at like bets to make on the odds, and I see how far down the list Tampa Bay is. Like they have the longest odds in the NFC South. I can squint and see with those receivers and with the line getting healthy in Tampa Bay, which it wasn't last year for Brady, and the guys they brought back on defense, I can see them being a good football team. Like in a in a bad NFC and in a weak division, it's not eight is eight wins good or define good. Well, they got to get, I think they'd have to get to nine probably. I know last year a team with the losing record won the division, but like they're below Tampa Bay and, uh, not Tampa Bay. They're behind Atlanta. They're behind Atlanta and Carolina in the division odds. I don't agree with that. I think they should be second. I think they should be behind New Orleans. I don't agree with that. 
So who would you put second then in that division? Carolina. With their offensive line problems and what we talked about with Young, I'm surprised to hear you say that. I think the division is is is, is bad. And like I said, I, I, I think that Bryce Young's got a much better chance to be a guy who elevates people than Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield's a known commodity. And, man, Kyle Trask is not an NFL player. There's a real chance that we no, see Baker Mayfield. I watched light up the Steelers in a playoff game and has like a 28 touchdown season on his resume. Bryce Young hasn't played yet, and like we said, has terrible weapons around him. Uh, Dolphins and Jaguars. Should Miami trade for Jonathan Taylor? At what price? I mean, they're, I, they're the betting favorites to get him. I just want to. I, I know, but the betting favorites on this stuff is almost always wrong. Like <laughs> you're right about that. Like, like the, it, these are the, these aren't real bookmakers taking these bets and ma- putting this available. It's just conversational fodder for people to say like oddshark.net. Like the the Bears are the second favorite to get him, and there's absolutely nothing in Ryan Poles' tenure running the Bears that would suggest that he would trade and pay for a running back. He didn't pay David Montgomery. Like. Less than Jonathan Taylor, you know what I mean? It's right. they're just doing it because Matt Eberflus was there. So, but it would I be mean, would it be a good move for Miami to do it? I mean, he would make them better, and I understood why they were linked to to Dalvin Cook. You know, like I, I think that they could stand to upgrade at the running back position, and they're a team kind of like the Rams a couple of years ago that has mortgaged some of their future in order to really maximize the window of winning right now they're doing it when when Tua is cheap obviously the Rams had to do it to also acquire Stafford so that's a difference but like the Chubb trade was hyper aggressive the Ramsey trade was pretty aggressive like they, they are at obviously Tyreek Hill to add with Waddle like they, they are very much trying to win this year's Super Bowl and I respect the hell out of them for it given that they're in the division with the Bills and now Aaron Rodgers, and in the loaded AFC with a quarterback with injury questions. Like, I, I respect their aggressiveness. It's fun. If you're a Dolphins fan, it's got to be the most fun time to be a Dolphins fan since Dan Marino. But, I again, it's the price. Third-round pick for Jonathan Taylor? Sure. Second or first-round pick or two twos or something like that, like Albert Breer is saying that some executives are quoting the price at? Get the hell out of here. That's ridiculous. I think Miami's one of those teams where we see injuries before the season starts, F up their season. And Jalen Ramsey's already gotten hurt, and now Armstead is banged up too. Um, I think it would be like kind of like chasing to do it. Like I think, you know, they're pot committed. If they were to do something like this, it would come off to me as desperate. And I think the Dolphins are one of those teams that every year we see half the playoff field get reloaded. Half is out, half stays in, half goes out. They made it last year. I think they're going to miss this season. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Raiders, Cowboys, Jerry Jones shockingly advocated that Dak Prescott is a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. Will he finally be proven right? Could that change this year? Uh, The Dak Prescott thing, like, as far as how, you know, not not that we want to, well, I do want to, like, you know, you look at training camp and you look at preseason reports and things like that. Like, didn't the Diggs thing didn't like I know a lot of cowboy stuff gets blown out of proportion and gets amplified just because it's Dallas. But like, were, were you not thrown off by the fact that a guy in Cowboys practice just shit talked Dak as bad as Diggs did? Did that not like when you saw that, were you not like, ooh, that's pretty messed up that that happened there? Like, did you did you have that read on it or no? No, because Diggs Diggs is a shit talker. I mean, he's a $90 million corner. So you think he would have done that to Mahomes? Yes. Wow. I think that like like him specifically, like him, Sauce Gardner, like I think that those guys are trying to be, you know, five years ago, Jalen Ramsey. But it was so disrespectful the way that he did it, man. It was like so like player haters ball-esque stuff from him there. Here's... Here's what I would say about Dak Prescott. Like, uh, but to, just but just to finish my point, like, yeah, I wanna like just okay. He had a bad luck interception season in a year where he got hurt. Let's just like throw it away, and you know he'll go back to being more like the vintage Dak Prescott this year. But you know, to answer the question, like, I think there's a better chance the Cowboys come out of the season thinking we made a mistake giving Dak. Prescott that contract then all right we didn't win the Super Bowl but at least we got the quarterback thing figured out and maybe next year we'll do better like I actually think that this season is like a Waterloo crossroads season for Dak that causes them to kind of like rethink their their position on him I just I have never been terribly impressed by Dak Prescott individually. Yeah. Like he undeniably has put up two monster seasons, 2019, 4,900 yards, 30 touchdowns, 11 picks, 2021, 44, 4,500 yards, 37 touchdowns, 10 picks, 
completed 69% of his That's really good. That's really good. It's unbelievable. But in those years, you would have also said top 10 offensive line, top 10 skill position group. He's had continuity of system, continuity of play caller. The guy has been, he's sat down at the blackjack table and just been dealt 19s and blackjacks and 20s and 19s and 18s and oh this was a tough hand and it was a 15 but then the dealer was showing a two and he busted like this guy has been dealt really 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 good cards yep through throughout his career and the moment any adversity strikes around him whether it was like with Travis Frederick or with Tyron Smith or when, you know, Des Bryant imploded, whatever it was, like, he wasn't impressive. So if you're going to tell me that their starting offensive line is going to play off all 17 games as a unit and that CeeDee Lamb isn't going to get hurt and that Tony Pollard isn't going to get hurt and that Mike McCarthy is going to actually call a modern offense, well, then, yeah, Dak Prescott might throw for 35 touchdowns and 4,700 yards. But I'm assuming that Mike McCarthy's going to do some dumb things. <laughs> and I'm assuming that they're going to suffer an injury or two. And I just – I maybe it's my own bias of, like, what I thought he was the first four years of his career, and I'm discounting that stuff. But he feels like the guy who plays well when it's 70 and sunny, but when it's 55 with a drizzle and a light rain, he can't put the goddamn ball on the green. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like he's yeah. a, a perfect conditions player. And it's just really hard to win that way in the NFL. Rams, Broncos, we're finishing up here. So, Russell Wilson played a ton in the first preseason game and then got yanked quickly in the second game. And the rest of the starters stayed out there. And Jarrett Stidham played a ton with the ones. And the reaction was like, this is so bizarre. He played so much in the first game, inexplicably got pulled out of the second game. Uh, and people have been trying to figure out what is Sean Payton doing with Russell Wilson? There's got to be some kind of method to the madness of the whole thing. Where are you on Payton rehabilitating uh, Wilson's career right now, Danny? I am not counting anything from the preseason. Like To me, the the... The first data point is week one. I don't put much stock in the preseason anywhere, but in particular here, there's a lot new. You know, this is this is this feels a little bit like I've got to strip the entire thing down and build it back piece by piece. Um, I I believe in Sean Payton as a coach. I believe in Sean Payton as a play caller. I think it was the best possible hire that they could have done to restore respectability. He's not going to embarrass them. And no one gives Russ a better shot that was available, right? Andy Reid would give him a better shot. Kyle Shanahan would give him. But based on guys available, no one no one gives him a better shot than Sean Payton. But I don't know, man. I'm not judging anything based on weird comments to the media or preseason stuff. But See, I, so, so, I, week one. so I am. 
I think Peyton's comments about how Hackett did one of the worst coaching jobs in NFL history. Yeah. I, I think he I think he's I think he's allowing for the possibility that this season is a trying one. So when they go like seven and ten, hey, look at what I inherited. Look at how messed up Russ was. Look at all these things I had to fix. The fact that we even got to this record is a miracle. You think you know, that I he sh- needs to play that type of like calculated? Uh, Sean just, Payton has a hundred percent job security. Uh, I agree with you on that, but like, I also think that he the like the way he's wired, he's a competitive person. I think he looked around, took inventory and stock of the situation, and said, "We're not going to be a good team." Like, I don't think anybody likes feeling like being criticized or second-guessed or thought less of. And so that's why I think he's got so many friends in the media. He did it last year with Fox. That's why I think he did that. I think he wanted to let people know in advance, like, look, we're not going to be that good of a team, and here's the reason why. If he thinks he's getting a team that has a chance to, like, knock off Kansas City or even make the playoffs and win a game, I don't think he says that about Hackett. Like, I think he, you know, gives, like, some kind of respectful comment about, like, the old regime and just puts his head down and goes to work. I think he's, like, you know, I think he's trying to undersell and over-deliver with this team. Yeah, I don't think his comments were that calculated. I think he's just a egomaniac. Uh, CJ Stroud was better in the second preseason game, you wrote this question as who's going to be the best rookie quarterback. Do you mean this year or do you mean? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Saints and Texans is the last preseason game. Like I I think when we did our draft show, you and I were not like huge Bryce Young and CJ Stroud guys, but at the same time we were like Anthony Richardson has the best upside, but like how can we anticipate or expect him to be like good from day one, you know? Yep. So who do you think will actually be the best rookie quarterback this year? Well, okay. I think that Anthony Richardson is, I'm just still shocked that he's playing. And so I think that like he will have the most fantasy points. I, okay. like, you know, like he will have the most highlights. He will have the most fantasy points. Um, if I could buy stock in any of them, like if I could have their one-of-one rookie card and it's going to be the most valuable in the next five years, I would take Bryce Young. I think that the things that he does well, elite accuracy, elite knowledge, elite poise, that translates pretty damn well. And they'll like, like, like you, that he's not going to be shook if he gets sacked 40 times this year. Like he's not going to lose his composure. And it should be the type of guy that you can build around. So for the year, I'll say Richardson, like if we're talking stats, because none of them are going to win a lot of games. Uh, but for the career, I'll take Young. I think Stroud will probably end up putting up the best numbers, but I think it's going to be fool's gold. Like I just with him, other than the Georgia game, there was very little in the way of being like a dual threat quarterback. I just look at Ohio State and like the wide receivers that they've accumulated and amassed over the years. Like if you look at those guys now, uh, Harrison Jr. and the other guy who's like his first name begins with an E and his last name begins with an E. Like they've got probably the two best receivers or two of the three best receivers in college football. 
Heartline day. Like it's just such a perfect system. Two offensive tackles that got drafted. Like I just, I'm, I, I think he will, I think he'll be competent. Like I think it might, I don't think it'll be as good as Mac Jones, Danny, but I think it'll be a Mac Jones esque stat line that is misleading. That will make people think, okay, CJ Stroud is going to take another step. But actually, I think that's what he is as a quarterback at the end of the day. So I, I so I don't know, like to answer the question, I think Stroud will be the best, but I think you said buying stock. I'd rather have young stock and Richardson stock than CJ Stroud long-term. I'm a, if I'm embarrassed. We went an hour eight. Well, we had a lot of time. We had a lot of good stuff. We had handshakes. We had profound. We made of the last week of the preseason an hour-long talking point. We've done interviews. We've done other kinds of kooky things during the off-season time. We got back to our bread and butter here for people. We did. And as Spencer said, we're back in mid-season form of going really long already. Hey, the next couple shows will be like more season preview types, right? I think that's what we want to do here. And then we'll do this again before week one with everybody ready for all the games. Yep. Okay. Thank you to Spencer Ray. He's Andrew Filipponi. I'm Danny Parkins. Do us a favor. Tell a friend. Help us get paid. First in pod. Peace. Twenty four hundred sports is an Odyssey company.